Welcome back to another episode of Miners. Oh, you wanted me to say, what's up, bitches? No, I was thinking that you were going to say, Happy New Year's Eve, bitches. Shit. I was literally waiting for it. So I'm going to do it. Happy New Year's Eve, bitches. I... I don't know what day it is. (laughs) We are giving Brianna a bye today. Um, So I just want to give our listeners a a reason um, for... For her dead brain cells For my dead brain cells um, and why our video hasn't been uploaded yet to YouTube. Uh, So unfortunately on Wednesday, this past Wednesday, uh, my son was admitted into the ER and uh, turns out he had pancreatitis, um, which is very painful. He was in a lot of pain to the point of he was self-harming so bad that he was banging his head up against the metal crib. He was scratching himself. He was biting himself. Okay, wait a minute. You know, to some to people that don't know us personally, yeah, they're probably wondering what the fudge. So you should maybe uh, okay. So my grandson, your son, yep, he's nonverbal. No. He's five years old and nonverbal. Um, he's you blind. Have, he yep has you know our, he has a we all have a pituitary gland in our brain and his doesn't work and the pituitary gland controls you know the cortisol levels the growth hormone the thyroid the testosterone and um i think there's something else but my brain is fried and he has so onh no he has sod and onh that's septic optic nerve dysplasia and optic nerve hypoplasia he has underdeveloped um Optic nerve, so he's blind. Uh, it's a Chiari one. Yeah, yep. He has Chiari malformation, which means the brain goes down into the spinal cord. Um, he had a, a tethered spinal cord, and he had surgery at one and a half years old on his spine. Um, so he, and with that pituitary gland, when he gets sick he could potentially go into adrenal crisis. Mm-hmm. So, and he also has diabetes insipidus. For those of you that don't know what that is, it's basically diabetes, but instead of the sugar in the blood, it's the sodium. Um, so basically when, you know, when he's hydrated and he starts peeing out all that water, the sodium retains in his body and when that gets high, it's it's not good, which is why we were in the hospital for so long as well. Uh, we got the pancreatitis under control probably the next day on Thursday, and then uh, his sodium levels were high. So we were in there five days and four nights. We, we literally just got home at like 2 o'clock this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, so my husband, he has been incredibly amazing. You know, he, I left for the hospital on Wednesday. I let him know he left work to come be with us. He drove home. We, mind you, we live two hours away from the hospital that Leland's going. 
goes to. Two, two and a half, yeah. Yep. And the roads were shit that day. <laughs> yes, they were. Uh, so he left work to come be with us. Uh, he drove home late at night, so he probably didn't get home till 11, 11.30, and he was back up at 5 a.m. to go to work, got off of work, came back to the hospital. So he's exhausted, too, and so he just didn't have the time to, you know, worry about editing and uploading the video for us. Um, so my apologies, you know, well, a lot of... The, a lot of the times, you know, this could come up. So we we appreciate your your support and your patience and and like she said last time, if you don't understand, shit, shit on, on you. you. <laughs> yeah, um, um, I'm extremely exhausted. You know, if anybody's stayed in the hospital before, they have these reclining chairs or like this. Uh, love seat type thing that you pull out well it's slanted and it's got my hips were on fire I bet I could I didn't go to sleep till 3 a after 3 a.m this morning and I was up at six so I'm running on literally three hours well they and, come in and out and check on him all night long too right yeah yeah so yes uh, so my my brain is in a bit of a fog I'm not gonna lie and you know what? We understand. Yeah. I, I even told her, I, I said, do you really want to record today? We could have done it tomorrow. We but she's like, she's, she's but... a trooper and she's like, nope, let's record. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So I don't want to let our listeners down either. You know, here's my thing. And I understand. Our and grandson probably... is more, my grandson, your son, is more important than this. Yes, I agree. By far. And he comes first. And that's just the way it is. Family comes first before any of this. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's a lot of moms and a lot of dads out there that absolutely understand that you take care of your family first. Yeah. And we will always take care of our family first, period. Yeah. And this was, this was one of the roughest hospitalizations he has ever been through. Like did, the pictures you sent me, did he blow a vein? Yeah, I'm, his arms are so, like, after we record, I'll take you in there and I'll show you his arms. They're, they're absolutely terrible. They had one IV and the tape was rubbing from him just bending. Even though they had the boards on, the ar on his arm, he was still able to bend it a little bit. So he's got scratch marks from the tape. I uh, saw all the blood on his arm and I'm like, oh, yeah, but I didn't want to bother you and ask. He's got, he, and, and so on the other arm, they had an IV that they were pulling blood from uh -huh. for labs. That way he didn't have to get poked every time. Right. But then this one blew. So they switched this one to the IV. So for two days, uh, he had to get poked for labs. Oh. So he, I mean, his hands are. I don't want to take him out in public because if somebody's seen that, they'd be like, what in the hell? Well, he's a hard you stick done? anyway. Yeah. He always has been a hard yep. stick. Yeah. For so sure. And his veins are really, really deep. So they have to dig oh. down to get in there. <laughs> that makes my stomach sick. Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to let you guys know that's what kind of happened. And, you know, I apologize, but you have to be... This is your fair warning that, you know, my son has a 
unique set of, medical set of circumstances. Circumstances. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say normal or unnormal because we don't even know what that is. No, we don't. <laughs> um, so th- this could potentially happen again. It will happen again. Yeah. I mean, I mean if, if Leland's not in the hospital on Thanksgiving, the nurses are wondering where the hell he's at. Yeah. How many? I think it was, what, three, two or three? Two or three in a row. Thanksgivings in a row. And that was hard. But for some reason, this hospitalization, like, and I, I just have to say, my husband is the absolute best because I was cranky. I was missing my family. I was crying every day You're because I missed them. Your daughter broke down at my house. I know. I, it's hard. It's hard when you know your significant other has to take or step up. or not, I don't want to say step up, but like, you know, be here for the other children and still go to work because he has a very important job. Yeah. Um, so... And we're two hours away, so it, it it takes a toll on a person, especially not being able to sleep and you know, it's right after the holidays, so all of that all of that holiday cheer was all there and then it just got demolished. <laughs> but I'm thankful that we were here for Christmas and all of that. So that's that's a blessing in disguise. You know what I'm thankful for? My daughter and my grandson are home. Yeah. And oh man, oh, I could, <laughs> I think I passed like three or four cops and they didn't even pull me over. Were you speeding? Uh, no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to get home. I, I don't think I've craved being home that much before. Like it was, it's hard to watch him be like that especially like the self-harming oh like that was horrid I I called you I know you did and I just was beside myself I mean and I and I had to advocate for him because they were the the doctors did a wonderful job but the pain aspect of it they were only giving him a tiny dose of fentanyl, which is not long-lasting. And I finally had to say he is harming himself to get away from the pain that he's in. He needs something more that's long-lasting. And I, I kind of was snotty about it towards the nurse. And she's like, I just want you to know that, you know, I'm on your side. And I'm like, I know you are. I'm just, I'm frustrated for him because I don't, like seeing him this way, I wish I could take the pain away. Mm-hmm. It's it's it, some days I don't even know how I do it. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. You are one of the strongest people that I know. It's rough, but yeah, that's your update on our lives. <laughs> what are we doing today? Do you got any? Well, news? I'm not even going to go there. I'm the oh. first thing I'm going to do is say hello and welcome to Miners Mayhem. Yep, we're a true crime podcast where miners become murderers. To all of our followers, we want you to know how very much we appreciate your continued love and support. We couldn't do this without you. Um, Every time you guys interact with us, it puts a big smile on my face. I'm sure Brianna's the same way. Yes. And if you're new to our podcast, a big welcome and a big, huge hello. If I could hug you, I would. 
What's up, bitches? Right? <laughs> um, to the newcomers, we're going to tell you that we don't sugarcoat none of this shit. These crimes are horrific, and we lay it out. Um, oh, my God. Have you seen our cousin's baby? Of course I, I did oh a long my time God. ago. Isn't he a doll? Oh, I can't wait to hold that baby. Congrats, you two. I love you guys yes. so much, and we can't wait to see him. Mom is one of our followers. We are yes. so proud of her. I kept asking Brad, how's mom? Everybody's doing fine. No, I want to know how mom is. I don't care about everybody else. Mom <laughs> yeah. did all the work. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but anyway, we don't sugarcoat anything. We give the details. So if you don't have a stomach for the morbid crap, we understand true crime isn't for everyone. Yeah, and we can always give a trigger, trigger warning. warning. That way you, know, you can skip ahead a little bit. Or I'm so used to just, I'm so used to it that I just forget to give triggers. Uh, yeah, me too. I'm bad because I'm just used to it. Mm -hmm. um, on another note, <laughs> this is off on a rant. They're having a crime con cruise, third oh, annual. Yes. I am trying to convince my husband that we need to go. But the very same day I found out about that was a day that I was listening to the disappearance of Amy Bradley in 19, I think I think it was 98, but I could be wrong, so don't quote me. It was off the same cruise line. Oh. And I'm sitting here, and they, they, it's totally believed that she was sex trafficked and, oh, and no. sought out. Um, so now when I think about going on this crime con cruise, all I think about is my poor Brianna if I take her with, because I'm safe. Nobody is going to sex traffic a 50-some-year-old lady. I, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Nobody got to worry about me. Now, Brianna, eh, they might try to take you, girl. I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> have you looked in the mirror? You, you are seen, one beautiful have girl. Have you seen uh, those like TikToks or memes where it's like five minutes into being kidnapped and, my, and I'm just like singing along or doing whatever and um, they kick you out? Like five minutes later, like what the fuck? Oh yeah, my favorite one is uh, the picture of somebody being thrown out the window and saying, "Yeah, they kidnapped me, but five minutes in, I wouldn't stop talking about my horse, and they chucked me out the window." <laughs> yeah. So, so you know how you don't like flying? Oh, I hate flying. Yeah, I have an issue on ships. How can you have an issue? Have you never been, been on, on TikTok lately? I'm not, no, if we have any chance of going on this cruise ship, I am not looking at shit because it's, it's flooding everybody. Nobody, uh, no, nobody knows why they ended up or how it ended up on their FYP, but it's all about the North Sea. Nope. Have okay. you seen those? Nope. Nope. Oh nope. my God. Nope. You are lucky. Here's the thing, Brianna. They're scared. Ooh, scary. I'm going to be the only one carrying around a blow up raft and a fucking life jacket. <laughs> On this cruise ship, in my formal wear. Yeah. That, that's going to be me. I will be all dressed to the hilt, but I but will I think that, have my life jacket on. I think that cruise on. is over Thanksgiving. Who, Isn't it like the 22nd through the 27th? I don't know, but we've got 11 months or 10 months to figure it out. I, I really want to go. I really want to go, too. It's either that or we're doing the Nashville thing. And I would really rather do the cruise ship thing. Yeah, because I, I think we're, we got plans in May now, so... So no year. Nashville? No Nashville this year. Then cruise ship in November it is. Um, but we're going to have to take like two weeks off because I am not getting on an airplane to fly to Florida. 
I'll meet you there. So we're going to have to, (laughs) no, we are going to have to drive to Florida. That's, all right. I don't want to, I, no, I'll, I'll get you super, super high before we get high on the plane. (laughs) Okay. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure I can mix Ativan and gummies. Thank you. Because I'll try. Gas stations are scary. Gas stations are scary. Air is scary. No. Okay. Anyway, enough of this. This is going to be like foreverly long. Yeah. So to start off, Brie, I don't know if you caught this in our last episode. I was drunk. (laughs) I wasn't drunk, but I was pretty buzzed up. No, that was your case. On Christmas, were you buzzing? I thought that was Thanksgiving you were buzzing. Yeah. Where the hell was I? Probably high somewhere in a corner. I was not. I was not partaking in my gummies that day. Well, I don't know. Okay, so to begin, I want to make a correction. It was an accidental error on last week's crime news. When the date was stated, it was mistakenly said as 2003, when in fact it was meant to be said 2023. So we apologize. We always try to get the facts straight, but we do make mistakes. And this happened to be one of them. And it was nobody's fault but our own. So we are sorry. And there's your correction. So. My bad, y'all. I'm going to open up about our true crime news today. What you got? I, I have got something really interesting. For our daily true crime news, I have in Missouri, which you Missouri people hats off. I call your state misery because I've been there twice and I could barely breathe. I swear you could see the moisture in the air. And I'm somebody that doesn't sweat. I got out of my air conditioned car and was standing there for less than two (laughs) seconds and I was wringing wet. I don't know how you guys live in Missouri. Are you doing okay, Amanda? (laughs) Right? Oh, I miss that. So, a now 32-year-old Gypsy Rose Blanchard Oh, yeah. She was released on parole. Yep. Her mother was Dee Dee Blanchard, who suffered from one of the most severe cases of Munchausen's by proxy that I was, have ever been aware of, and Gypsy was her victim. Gypsy suffered unnecessary surgeries, tests. She was kept wheelchair-bound, lied to about her age, had a G-tube that was unnecessary, and this is just a few of the, the horrifying things that her very own mother, Dee Dee, put Gypsy through. She also committed fraud against, I believe, the Make-A-Wish Foundation and Habitat for Humanity, who built Dee Dee and Gypsy a home. Wow. And this was all fraudulent because it was all fake. So if you're not familiar with this horrific case, go watch The Act on Hulu. Uh, Patricia Arquette, Arquette plays Dee Dee Blanchard and Joey King portrays Gypsy Rose. There's also a documentary called Gypsy's Revenge, and that can be seen on Disney Plus or Investigation. Uh, slow down. Investigation Discovery Go. Did she kill Dee Dee? She did not, but she was a part of the planning. And at that time, she, she had a boyfriend, uh, Nicholas Godijon. He did it. Oh. But they were in on it together. And I'm not sure how I feel about this case, and I'm really open to discussion and opinions, because if that were done to me and I became aware of it, I would hold so much resentment and anger. This girl was, 
IV'd constantly. She had an unnecessary G-tube placed. She was forced to be in a wheelchair. I, mm. I'd be pissed off at the world. I cannot hold what she did against her. She didn't do anything, but she was in part of the planning. Oh, she, she planned it. Yes. Oh, she wanted to so be that's... with her boyfriend. And it was very planned. Hmm. But I don't know how I feel about this one. I, I am very conflicted on my feelings. Murder is wrong. It's always wrong. But if you're trapped in that situation, and she was literally trapped, how do you escape? Who are you going to believe? Some child or their mother? Because she's got all of these diagnoses against this child. Oh, you can't listen to her. She has this, 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 this. I mean, it's Munchausen's. Mm -hmm. I, this is one case that I don't know how Imagine I feel Imagine the extensive therapy she's going to have to go through. I don't know how much time she spent. I'm, I'm thinking about eight years. I, she probably had all the therapy she needed in, in prison, mm. I would think. Otherwise, you wouldn't think that they would let her go. Right. You know? Yeah. So I don't believe that she is going to be harm to a society. I really don't. I think that was a one-time deal. She was looking for an escape. She might have been a little manipulative when she got her boyfriend to do her dirty work. You know, I don't condone murder, but if I put myself in her shoes and try to walk a mile, I do not, I cannot 100% say that I wouldn't do the same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I haven't gone too far into Gypsy Rose's um, case or anything, so I have, I can't give you my opinion on it. Oh, you should, you should. Yeah, I'm definitely going to. You should dive headfirst. Haven't. No, you're giving a bye. But anyway. Damn son. So, you know, we were asked via our Facebook to cover some local news, which isn't a lot in North Dakota. Unfortunately, no. well, not unfortunately. Unfortunate for us, fortunate for our state. Thank goodness. Um, oh. Especially when it involves minors committing murder, which is what our podcast is about. Yep. But one of my dearest friends and your friend, and where we board our horses in the wintertime, yes. you know who you are, lady, and she follows our podcast. Um, she brought this case to my attention, and I dug in my heels. And what a roller coaster this one is, and try to hang on until the end, because what a plot twist that I never saw coming. Ooh. It sat me back on my ass. Well, let's get into it then. Shall we? Okay. Go ahead and ask me the question. What are we doing today? <laughs> nice impression. We are doing Army Major David Shannon. Okay. He grew up in North Dakota, specifically Langdon, North Dakota which is located in Cavalier County up in the northeastern part of North Dakota. Okay. Up, yep. you know, yeah. We've ridden snowmobile up there, up in the Pimina Gorge and up in that area. Um, in the year 2021, Langdon's population was reported at 1,884 people. So it's a pretty small town. Yeah. It's about the size of 
where you live. Yeah. So when David was 19 years old, he enlisted in the United States Army and was eventually stationed in Rochester, New York. While in Rochester, David met Joan through a blind date set up by a friend. Apparently, they really hit it off. How old is he? Early 30s, maybe, at this time. When When he was murdered, he's 40. But when he met Joan, he would have been in his early 30s. Oh, he's the one that gets murdered. Okay. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. So, apparently, Joan and David really hit it off. Joan had been previously married, but this was a very toxic marriage, and her husband was supposedly very abusive, and this ended in divorce. But from that marriage, Joan had two daughters, and I believe their names were Daisy and Elizabeth. Daisy and Elizabeth? Yes. I think they called him Daisy and Liz. We're not going to We're not going to elaborate on them. We're going to elaborate on one daughter, but not You just kind of got quiet whenever you said their names and I was like, "What?" Okay. Sorry. <laughs> so, David and Joan continued to date and about 1 year later, Joan was apparently tired on waiting for David to pop the question. So she popped the question and proposed to him. They had a small private ceremony surrounded by family. Eventually, and I'm not exactly sure when, but not too long after they were married, David legally adopted both of Joan's girls, Daisy and Elizabeth. Wow. Yeah. So hats off, stepping up. Oh, yeah. David and Joan went on to have two more children, both of which were boys. I do not know their names. They're not a part of the equation. Okay. At some point, they moved to Fayetteville, North Carolina, where they rented a family home, choosing not to live on base at Fort Bragg, where David was stationed. By this time, David was a major in the special forces in the technology. Wow. Yes. That's cool. Excuse me. They honestly seemed to be living the American dream and had everything going for them. That's awesome. Now... Considering this was a military family, one would assume that their household would be very orderly and tidy and all of the above, you know, structured. This was very far from the case. Their house was complete chaos, with dirty clothes and dishes strewn all over the house, months of dust buildup, dirty, disgusting floors that needed a thorough mop job. You know, I have a hard time keeping up with housework because I work anywhere from 10 to 13 hours, five days a week. I completely understand falling behind. I get it. I fall behind on laundry. I fall behind on mopping. It just, it is what it is. But Joan has two teenagers in the house who are definitely old enough to handle a few chores. My 10-year-old has a chores. So do mine. They're responsible to keep their rooms clean. They're responsible to bring me the dirty laundry from upstairs to downstairs. And my older one is responsible for the dishes, but I just purchased, purchased her a brand new dishwasher two days ago. So, you know, her lefty and righty don't have to work no more. Yeah. So my girls are in charge of their room <coughs> and their bathroom. You know, my daughter is really good at doing laundry, or at least I thought she was, but I put the gabosh on that whenever I found wrinkled socks. For the life of me, I cannot figure out how you can wash and dry socks and they come out wrinkled. So she got fired. 
No, but nobody <laughs> touches the washer and dryer. If your clothes are coming out wrinkled, there's something wrong. Oh, yeah. I, I'm the only one that does laundry, too. Because socks, for the love of Pete. How do you wrinkle socks? My husband, like, before me, Did he, he would put his dirty, oily, gunky work clothes in with towels and his uh, good uh, clothes. And I'm just like, nope, just, just let me do it. You're fired. Let me do it. Excuse me, I have to, a frog? <coughs> frog? Frog, ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. So, what does a horny toad say? Uh, rabbit, rabbit. Oh my god. That's a, I'm gonna, that's a good dad joke. Oh, sorry. I am notorious for walking into my work and throwing out a dad joke right away in the morning. My brain is wicked right now. Have another glass of wine. Maybe you'll feel a little better. Oh, he did leave it. Oh, there's just a splash in there. Yeah. Did he take the white one? Yeah, he put it in the... Dang it. Okay. He put it in the fridge. So we have our kids help, helping out in the house. And so there's absolutely no reason in the world that the kids can't pitch in. Besides the house being severely neglected, so were the children. Oh, no. There were no words of endearment. No hugs and no attention given to them. Did she have a job? She did, a nine to five. Uh, she was a receptionist at the Fort Bragg Community Credit Union or something like that. Mm. Still plenty of time for children. I work 13 hours and still have time for my children. My husband works a god awful hours and he still has time for his children. So does Dean, so do you. Mm. It's not an excuse. Um, the kids were attention starved and left to basically raise themselves. I hate that. Life was especially hard for 15 year old Elizabeth. She was fighting in school, drinking alcohol, using marijuana and being promiscuous with older boys. She would disappear for days on end. Now one <coughs> would think that Joan would take some steps at correcting her daughter's behavior but she did nothing, and Elizabeth continued to be out of control, so to speak. I really, truly, in my heart, believe that she was acting out to get attention from her mom. You know, after all, negative attention is better than no attention at all. And I think she, everything that she did was a cry for attention. Her mother is basically portraying to Elizabeth that she does not give a rat's ass. And this makes my heart bleed for this teenage girl who at this vulnerable time in her young life needs her mom more than anything so it's just heartbreaking especially because like you said she was 15 yep i mean that's when at that age you mom. know you're going through you know puberty the mm. the boys the hormones the mm. emotions mm. you want to go to your mom and be like mom you've been through this Tell me what I need to do yep. to get through this because I'm struggling. Yep. So I can only imagine that she... I blame the mom. I do too. But I can only imagine that she felt really unwanted and like she was nothing but a burden to her mom. Yep. That's my guess. Now, David did try to step in and discipline and gain some control of Elizabeth. But these attem attempts by David were rebelled against. And Elizabeth was quick to throw in David's face that he was not her real father. And that had to be a slap in the face for David, considering he adopted Elizabeth when she was quite young, around the age of five or six, I believe. 
And he was the only father figure in her life since her biological father was completely out of the picture. So this 15-year-old girl is basically a train headed for derailment. So I wonder how, like at age five, I don't remember shit. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I remember like tragic events like when I almost drowned. But how would, did they tell her later? I'm assuming that it was probably knowledge. They, it was probably nothing that they tried to hide. Okay. Is my best guess. Damn. Now. If I did that to my dad. Oh, I think he'd backhand you better than I did when you called me a bitch. <laughs> probably. <laughs> now, when David and Joan were not at work, they spent all of their free time in front of their computer. Doing what, you ask? What? You ready? No. Hold on to your butt. By day, they were the respected military family, right? Oh, golly. But by night, they were swingers. Okay. So their time was spent on the computer chatting with potential sex partners online. David liked to watch Joan have sex with other men, and he would document this in photos. There were hundreds and hundreds of these photos in their personal stash. Okay, so aside from work, their lives revolved around sex, so much so that it left no time for anything else, housework, parenting, etc. Their lives were completely consumed by their swinger lifestyle. No judgment, but I mean, if that's what you want to do, go ahead, but you still have other responsibilities, like your kids should come first before exactly. that stuff. Yeah, you do you, boo. I mean, if that's what you want to do, more power to you. But damn it, you have four children at home. You brought them into the world. Let's, let's. If you're not going to want them, take care of them, teach them all about life, don't have them. Exactly. So they found and joined a swingers club that would meet once a month. Um, the club would rent two adjoining rooms using one room for socializing and the other room for sexual activities. Of course, there were a set of rules that the club had. One of them being that you had to be a male-female couple, no singles allowed, with one exception to this rule, and I'll cover that here shortly. Okay. Members would list postings of meeting locations on the internet, the idea is to explore sexuality with your spouse, no strings attached sex, and at the end of the night, you go home with your spouse returning to your, quote, normal life. Joan had one fantasy she wanted to fulfill, and that was to have sex with a black man. Okay. Now, David wanted to fulfill his, life, his wife's fantasy, so he hit the chat rooms online where he eventually came across a man named Jeff Wilson, who was also enlisted in the Army. David and Jeff chatted and eventually started talking about the swinger lifestyle when David finally asked Jeff if he would like to have sex with his wife. They went ahead and made plans to meet at the next swingers event. So in February of 2002, they go to their event. Now, Black men were highly sought after for these events. 
and they were the only ones allowed to attend without a partner. Hmm. Mm-hmm. When Joan was introduced to Jeff, she was instantly attracted and wanted him. Joan and another woman engaged in performing oral sex on Jeff, and then Jeff and Joan went on to have sex while Joan performed oral sex on another man. All the time, David is watching, so I'm assuming he's really big into voyeurism, is my guess. Into what? Voyeurism. That's a watcher. Oh, it reminds me of Identity Thief. He's a watcher! (laughs) At the foxhole. Oh, I love that freaking show. So in March 2002, David, Jeff, and Joan meet again at the next swingers event. This time, things get even more kinky. Apparently, Joan enjoyed the gangbanger subculture of the swingers club, in which she would have sex with anywhere from two to five men at once with David looking on and taking photographs. And the look on your face is priceless. Absolutely priceless. No judgment. Priceless. Your face. Yeah. I mean, one's enough. That's my opinion. In my own opinion, if the D is good, one's enough. One's enough, and why would you want to share? (laughs) But, yeah. To each their own. To each their own. They're living their fantasy life, I guess. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with a fantasy life if... You remember reality and what you have to take care of at home. Yeah. This that's what reality I'm totally shot on. out the window here. Yep. So we're going to skip ahead to July 2002. You ready? Yes. Why don't you move your chair a little bit more? Well, or maybe we should get some curtains for that damn window. Yeah, I'm going to have to tell the husband about that. Sorry, guys. Hold on for just a the... second. She's going to, the sun is just creeping right in her face. Mm-hmm. So like, hi. hi. So like I said, we're going to skip ahead to July 2002. In the middle of the night, as the family slept, two gunshots rang out, waking up Joan. She calls 911 and says an intruder entered their home and shot her husband. Police arrive and found David dead in bed with a GSW to his head and chest. Joan was questioned, and she said she was awakened by the gunfire and heard the sound of someone running down the hallway. She got up, turned on the light, and found her husband shot and not breathing. Okay. Now, it did not go unnoticed at how oddly calm and matter-of-fact that Joan was. Giving officers the vibe that something was just off. Add to that, Joan did not have not one speck of blood on her or her body anywhere. How is this possible if she was in the same bed as her husband when he was brutally executed at point-blank range? It would be all over me because I'm always up next to my hubby. There was no forced entry, no stolen items, and nothing was adding up. Did, so, he, did she put her daughter up to this? So, Bri- my next question to you, Brianna, is would you like to take a stab at what truly happened on this night? I think she made her kid do it. Because you said Elizabeth was struggling and she didn't think of David as a father or a father figure 
at all. Let's so she go. has no love for him. Let's go on. I'm going to start from the top and lay everything out for you and be ready because there is a freaking jaw dropper at the end. All right, let's go. All right. Let me just grab my butt. Grab your butt. Buckle up, buttercup. After a couple times of hooking up at the swinger events, Joan and Jeff broke all of the rules and started meeting for sex outside of the swinger parties. It started out slowly and progressed to the point that they were hooking up three to four times a week for sex. As time moves on, Joan becomes emotionally involved to the point of obsession. All she can think about is Jeff. This emotional involvement started negatively affecting her marriage because now she was having a full-blown affair with Jeff. Joan, of course, tried to keep this hidden from David. Essentially, she had broken every rule of the swinging lifestyle, and David finding out could have devastating consequences. But there were definite signs that were unmistakable. Joan was pulling away and emotionally detaching herself from David, so much so that they were no longer having sex. Now, this had to be a red flag for David because he knew that his wife had an insatiable appetite for sex. Mm -hmm. She was like a sex-starved maniac. As Joan delved further and further into her steamy affair, David began to become suspicious. Joan started staying out later and later at night, sometimes not coming home at all. Joan was definitely consumed in her affair and obsession with Jeff. David finally spoke up about his suspicions, and he was pretty sure Jeff was involved. So he attempted to take control of the situation and set the brakes on her extracurricular activities, telling her that, the, that there was no more seeing anyone outside of their marriage. Now, Joan did not react well to being told what to do, and she continued her affair, just attempting to be more discreet. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> As time goes on, Joan is head over heels in love with Jeff and is obsessed with their relationship. She even introduced Jeff to Elizabeth, and Elizabeth was aware that Jeff was her boyfriend and that her mom was in love with him. Oh, the mind... Mind fudgery that this girl is going through right now. Oh, it gets worse. So in my mind, why not just divorce David and get on with a life with Jeff? That would be the normal thing to do, right? You would, one would think. Not for Joan. David was worth more to her dead, to the tune of over $700,000 dead. Divorce was expensive and she would not benefit monetarily. So, you know, let's just snuff out the man you've been in love with for over nine plus years. I would imagine that aside from the life insurance, there would also be other benefits available to the widow of a career military man. So during all of her plotting and scheming, her affair with Jeff was still going hot and heavy. In her desperation to continue this affair, she attempted to acquire drugs that would make David pass out so she could spend her nights with Jeff without getting caught. Wow. Yeah. The, extent you have to, the extent you have to go to. Is it worth it? It's not. I just, man. Uh, yeah. Onward. 
Thank goodness that she apparently did not have any connections and was unable to acquire any of these drugs. Thank goodness. But still. So Joan really starts voicing to her daughter, Elizabeth, about how much life would be better if David wasn't in it. This girl is going through enough. Why are you laying this shit on her? I mean, there was, you know, there's growing up, I seen you struggling. I kept my shit to myself because I didn't want to, you know, make shit harder on you being a single mom. So I had to, oh, my Lanta. I'm getting pissy. <laughs> uh-huh. So with the life insurance in mind, Joan makes David a milkshake laced with poison. Luckily for him, he did not want the milkshake and it had to be poured down the drain. So attempt number one is a failure. Determined to put her husband in the ground, she makes attempt number two by adding poison to David's food. This time she was closer to success. David became violently ill, throwing up all night long. But by the morning, David was seemingly back to normal. Was Chalking advising? up attempt number two to failure. I, I don't know what, the, what it was. So Joan goes back to scheming on ways to pull off killing her husband and paving the way to a life with Jeff. One day. Divorce. Right? One day out of the clear blue, Joan starts giving Elizabeth all of her attention. They began to do things together like Love bombing. shopping, going out to eat, just all the attention that Elizabeth had been pining after for years and years was now being what she's been craving lavished on her. So now her mom is going to say, "I need you to kill David." And since she's been getting all this love, well, if I do this, maybe I'll get more love from her. And I don't want to disappoint her and have it ripped away from me. Oh, my Lanta. Okay. Oh, my Lanta, you are totally barking up the correct tree. Hmm. So, <clears throat> while Joan slowly started planting seeds into Elizabeth's brain, she was, she was attempting to pit Elizabeth against David, which would not have been hard to do considering... Elizabeth never formed a father-daughter relationship with David, even though he had adopted her at a young age. My thought on this is simple. If they were so consumed in their sexual life that they had no time to give hugs, affection, kisses, etc., how could they possibly have had time to form that father-daughter bond? Exactly. He didn't put the effort forward, apparently. So, basically, from what I can tell, Joan is grooming Elizabeth telling her how much better their life would be without David in it and how much money they would have once he is dead. This sorry excuse for a mother was feeding into all of Elizabeth's emotions, total manipulation of her own daughter, enticing her with all the things that she could buy her with the life insurance money. This is so pond scum low that you can't go any lower. What a selfish, evil bitch to do this to her own daughter. After all of this grooming, Joan finally lets the ball drop when she asks Elizabeth to kill David. Elizabeth did not take the bait and initially rejected this idea, but Joan's resolve does not waver and she continues to wear Elizabeth down. Joan convinced Elizabeth 
that if she got caught, nothing would happen to her because she was only 15 years old. It took Joan weeks and weeks of convincing, and Elizabeth finally gave in and agreed to killing David. So the planning began. Oh, my gosh. They were going to attempt to make this appear to be a robbery. Joan supplied Elizabeth with a gun from David's own personal arsenal and took her out to practice shooting the gun. While Elizabeth was getting comfortable handling the gun, Joan and Jeff were getting their sex on in the parking lot. While she was practicing? Mm Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm walking home. (laughs) Right? Oh, my land. On July 22nd, sometime around 11 p.m., Joan went to Elizabeth's room to let her know that they were going to bed for the night. Sometime around 2 a.m., making this July 23rd of 2002. Elizabeth donned on rubber or latex gloves. I'm not, I'm not one hundo on which one. Grabbed the gun and made her way to David and Joan's room. After listening to David breathe, making sure he was in a deep sleep, she took the gun, put it up to David's head, and pulled the trigger. He began gurgling and making sounds, so Elizabeth shot him again, this time in the chest. Joan then instructed Elizabeth to get rid of the weapon and go back to bed. Meanwhile, Joan says out loud that she needs to think of something to cry about. She wow. put, yeah, I get a cough. <clears throat> Excuse me. She puts on her crying, frantic persona and calls 911. Okay. She tells 911 an intruder entered their home and shot her husband. Now, I listened to the 911 call and she kind of sounded hysterical. But when she was asked about the location, you can totally hear a complete change in her voice, like a switch had flipped. She just went back to being normal, like just like that. That's when you know it's fake. Yeah. So I I tried to play the last 911 call on the other episode, Paris Bennett's case, Mm -hmm. and I didn't think it worked very well. So I'll be researching how to add voice clips into our recordings, and we'll hopefully be able to add those things at some point in the future. But police arrived, and she fed her rehearsed story to them, saying that they were in bed asleep when she was awoken by two popping sounds, and then the sound of someone running down the hallway. She turned on the light to find that her husband had been shot. Now, during the telling of this event, Joan didn't shed not one tear. She wasn't hysterical. She was very matter-of-fact and basically pretty stoic. Now, to me, for somebody that just lost her freaking husband to an intruder, I would be beside myself. Well, and, you know, it's hard to say how one would react. Like, if somebody, heaven forbid, if I was put in that situation where an intruder came in and hubby got shot... I'm going to have blood all over me because I'm going to be cradling my husband. But then I would probably want to stop because then I wouldn't want to screw up with any evidence. But like, I don't think I don't you'd think be I cradling would... him. I think you'd be doing CPR. What? Well, true. True. Yeah, I would be. Here's the thing with Golly. me. And, and I know this about myself. So if this happened to me, I wouldn't panic at first. I would do what needed to be done to try to save a life. 
But when it's all done and over and nobody's around you me, lose I'm going to lose my shit. And that's exactly like I've come upon car accidents. I know. Yeah, you were with me one time. And I have helped people in car accidents. And I am calm, cool, collected. I know exactly what I need to do. But then five minutes after getting back in my vehicle and leaving the scene after the ambulance has arrived and taken over, you lose I lose And I my think a shit. lot of that, you know, has to do with the CNA work that we've done. Uh, and you see accidents come into the hospital all the time. You're, mm-hmm. You know what needs to be done. You do it. And then, you know, break down later. How many times did I cr- call you crying at work at the hospital yeah, when a lot? You know, I've I lost somebody today. I Mom. lost somebody. Yeah, yeah. So now to touch base with what you said, you you jumped the gun on me because you're a smart cookie. I don't know how I am, but she also <laughs> had zero blood on her which is very strange for someone who is supposedly in the same bed as an executed husband. With a lack of blood, it was obviously obvious that she made zero attempt to perform any sort of life-saving measures. Now, any loving wife would have tried something, right? I would have. Yeah, I would have. I'd have been breaking my arms trying to get some breath back into there, at least keeping the oxygen flowing to the brain until... A par- the paramedics arrived. Mm-hmm. So my husband isn't brain dead. Have you ever thought about that? Like, say you have to stop and do CPR and you have your phone on you. I have an iPhone. So I, ju- I can just, be- I don't have to stop doing CPR. No. I can just be like, hey, S-I-R-I. I don't want to say it because my phone's right here. Call 911. I can and do it, this. And it would do, it would do it. Yep. So you wouldn't have to stop. I love technology. I do too. I have but the same thing. Do you thing. ever think about scenarios like that? I, I guess do. for the technology part, I I haven't. And, and you want to know, you know, I sit here and I say that I would do what needed to be done. And this has happened to the both of us when our kids were choking. When your baby was choking... I didn't panic, and I did what needed to be done while you were panicking. Yep. When my kid was choking, I panicked, and there you were doing what needed to be done. <laughs> Isn't that now, weird? Now, what the fuck was fuck? And I said fuck, Brad. Yeah, Brad. Brad. Fruck. I said fuck. fuck. So what is with that? So how would, you, how would you handle, you know, your hubby? I don't know. I would like it's to contradic- think. It's yeah. contradicting. I would like to think that because she's my granddaughter. I mean, I helped my choking granddaughter, and he's your little brother. We did what needed to be done, but as mothers, the mothers were freaking panicking. (laughs) The mothers of the opposite children. Right. So she'd be, Brianna, Brianna, Brianna. And I'm like, Mom, stop. I got it. Finger swipe all the way down the throat. And then when it happened to yours, Mom, 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 help me. Mom, help me. Yep. Nope. Brianna, I got it. Finger swipe. (laughs) Upside down smack that yeah so it's hard to tell it's hard to tell now <laughs> i would like to think when it's I your own like children think. I'm, you do panic a little bit but i think if you wouldn't have been there and it would have been just me and my son choked i would have handled it yeah and then broke down after yeah but i had you yeah and, we were together constantly when they were babies yeah so i'm thinking maybe that had something to do with it yeah i, I don't know 
But if you're alone with your hubby, man. I don't know. I would like to think. That you wouldn't panic and you that would get, I wouldn't get the job done? I'd, prob- I'd probably go into panic mode and, like, start holding him and then maybe, like, snap into reality. Oh, shit. I got to fix this. I got to help. I got to yep. do this. That maybe your shock. CNA mind would take over. Maybe. Well, anyway. It's never going to. Well, I don't want to say I it's hope never we never happen, find but, out for the right. love of Pete. So by this time, officials know something isn't jiving. Because, like, as in the other cases we've covered, there was no forced entry. There was nothing missing. Although in the pigsty that they resided in, I'm not sure how one could determine if there was anything missing or anything had been rifled through. You know? Oh, I I don't know. I forgot about that. So when paramedics arrived, they entered a gory scene. David's blood was splattered all over the bed and walls. He appeared to... This wine is making me burp. I am so sorry to our listeners. (laughs) He appeared to be in the exact same position that he was during sleep. So at least he never seen it coming and never knew what hit him. That is the only thing that I am thankful for in this scenario. Mm -hmm. He didn't have that knowledge of who was doing this to him and what was coming. You know, there's nothing good about this, but anyway. So David was pronounced dead at the scene. When an officer broke the news to Elizabeth that her father was shot, her response was, quote, did he die, unquote? Yeah, because that's what you're... So at this station, they were further questioned. They stuck to their story and walked out of the police station. And I am almost sure that Joan was taking a victory lap in her narcissistic brain, thinking that she had outwitted law enforcement. When there's already red flags. Right. The police continued their investigation and were quite shocked when they came across all of the photos and videos of their sexual activities, sex toys, etc. It was quite clear that this family had secrets in the closet. When they analyzed their computer, they uncovered even more of their underground sex life. In the next interview, Joan Joan had no choice but to come clean about their swinger lifestyle. When she was asked if she had ever developed feelings for any of the men, she readily admitted her feelings for Jeff. And in parentheses in my note, I have dumbass. Because she just put Jeff on the detective's radar by saying that. Yeah. So he was questioned and stuck to the story that it was just a sexual relationship and he knew nothing. And his alibi actually was rock solid. He was at work with no opportunity to commit the murder, so he was cleared. But what a dumb... I mean... I wonder if he knew that she was planning this. I think she had discussed it, but I don't think he readily thought that she was going to go through with it. But I can't say that for sure because there wasn't a lot of information on... That... Without digging further. And I just kind of... Sometimes I dig and sometimes I don't. It just depends upon how long the sucker's going to be. So a break in the case finally came via an anonymous tip stating that Elizabeth killed her father at the request of her mother. A common mistake made in many of our covered cases, Elizabeth could not keep her mouth shut and she talked to her friends. (laughs) This led to the case being blown wide open and on July 30th, 2002, Joan was arrested. Elizabeth, however, fled. She was found hiding under a friend's futon and arrested on August 2nd of 2002. Elizabeth confessed all to law enforcement. On August 15th, 
2005, Elizabeth pled guilty to conspiracy to commit first-degree murder and second-degree murder. Elizabeth was sentenced to 25 to 31 years in prison. Joan pled not guilty to all charges and continued to deny any involvement and pointed her finger solely at Elizabeth, the angry, rebellious teen who was in fights at school, consumed marijuana and alcohol, and was promiscuous with, with, older, boy, promiscuous with older boys and out of control. Yeah. So after two weeks in trial, the jury delivers a guilty verdict on first-degree murder, conspiracy to commit first-degree murder, and accessory after the fact to first-degree murder. Joan was sentenced to life without parole for the murder, plus a minimum of 13 years for the conspiracy. Now, I suppose you all would like the plot twist in this case. Do you have any guesses, Brianna? Anything that jumps into your brain saying, oh my gosh. You know, mm, not really. Okay, well, let me throw it out at you. Okay. Ready? Buckle up. No. Grab your butt. I'm grabbing my drink. Take a drink of your alcohol because you're going to need it. Let's go. Mr. Jeff Wilson had hidden secrets of his own. He was a married man with children. He had zero intentions of leaving his wife to begin a life with Joan. He oh, was, man. Oh, snap, right? He was with Joan because he wanted money to purchase a motorcycle. Jeff stated, quote, I'd tell her what she wanted to hear to get what's at the end of the rainbow, her to co-sign for my motorcycle, unquote. Damn. Her husband was I murdered bet, in vain. I bet she felt like the biggest idiot. Good on her. Good for her. Good. Yeah. Good. Wow. She was played. Like she was played. <sighs> Hook, line, and sinker. Man. Did you see that coming? No. She literally thought she was going to spend her life with this man who was stringing her along, manipulating her, telling her what she wanted to hear, and giving her the D. Yeah. I wonder if his wife knew. Well, she may not have, but she does now. Yeah. <laughs> right? All to coast. Why would you go to that length? To Why would you go to that length to cheat on your wife, betray your family, tell this other woman that everything that she wants to hear just to co-sign for a, a motorcycle. He must have wanted one really freaking bad. The easy way. He, he must have had bad credit. I was going to say. That's all I can think of. But work harder. Shit. Save Are you kidding money me? Money more. Why would I work harder when I can just give this woman the D and get her to co-sign for my motorcycle? Hey, what would you do? That's an easy route. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to get some pleasure and drag this woman along and get what I want. Oh, I mean, that's his way. I mean, that would be his way of thinking. Us, yeah. When I want something, I, yeah, I'll pick up an extra shift. Dang. Yep. What an idiot. So that's that, you guys. That is our North Dakota case. Although it didn't take place in North Dakota, our victim was from North Dakota. Yay, Nodax. 
So if you enjoyed our podcast and feel so inclined, please leave us a rate and review. This literally helps other like-minded crime lovers to find our podcast. So if you have the time, please throw us a rate and review. If you would like to reach us with case suggestions, advice, or hash over an already covered case, you can reach us via email at minersofmayhem at gmail.com, or you can message us on face, our Facebook page. If you don't follow us on Facebook, you can look us up by just typing in Miners of Mayhem in the search bar. In the meantime, please refrain from being pond scum. Life is too short, and keep your happy asses safe out there. Happy New Year's Eve, guys. We love you. Bye. Bye.